Connect with your potential customers wherever they are. Effective uses Comcast viewership data insights to combine advanced targeting capabilities with premium TV and streaming content so you can deliver the best ad experiences to your audience no matter how they watch. Visit EFFECTV.com. Welcome to the Grit Daily Startup. I'm your host, Sebastian Rusk, and this is a podcast about what goes on behind the scenes at startups. The good, the bad, and the gritty. Let's dive in. Michael, welcome to the show. Glad to be here. It's great to have you here. Thanks for taking some time out of your busy day to hang out with us here at the Grit Daily Startup Podcast. We love talking about the world of startup, the good, the bad, and what we like to call the gritty aspect. So I'm excited to learn about what your experience has been in the in the world of startup and, of course, what you guys got going on over at Bear Peak Capital. But before we get into all that, let's back up a little bit and help our listeners better understand a little bit about you and your backstory. Sure. Yeah. Thanks for setting that up. Um, so yeah, my, uh, my background, um, you know, pr- prior to my most recent, uh, business, which is, uh, you know, real estate, uh, I, uh, I was working in finance on wall street in New York, uh, kind of, that, that's a different type of grind, uh, not so much the startup grind, but a corporate grind. Uh, and I was doing that out of college for, um, three or four years. And then I went into consulting, um, mostly helping private equity firms, hedge funds, understand the investments they had made. Um, and after doing that for three or four years, I just realized that I wanted to be my own boss. I didn't want to be behoven to kind of, um, you know, other people. And, uh, you know, so I, I started buying real estate and, you know, fast forward five, six more years. And here we are, um, running a, um, you know, a decent sized private equity company focused on buying a large apartments. Uh, and, and now I'm ruined forever. I, I don't think I could ever go back to working for someone else at this point. Yeah. You'll never going back. Once you make the jump, it's very, very, I've tried, I've been an entrepreneur for about 20 years now. I've tried to take some jobs in between all that. And I just fail miserably. I come to the conclusion that I'm a terrible employee. Yep, terrible. That's right. I show, I show up late. I'm insubordinate. Uh, so, so uh, l- let's talk about what you guys are doing at over at Bear Peak Capital. How did this whole concept come about? Uh, and then what's it all about? Who's it serve? What yeah. problems does it solve? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, so we're primarily, I start, I guess, starting with the, um, with the problem that it solves, you know, we, there's a huge affordability uh, problem in the United States as it relates to housing. There's a lack of supply of affordable housing. And when I say affordable housing, uh, I mean uh, something, uh, you know, in the, you know, nine hundred to thirteen hundred dollar rent range uh, for ones and two bedrooms, which uh, depending on where you are in the country, that may or may not be affordable. But in in, in our uh, markets, it is uh, a part of uh, affordable. Um, and so, you know, the, the the problem we're really trying to solve is to take um, take workforce housing and elevate it so far as the way it looks, and to improve it and make it a nice, safe, comfortable place for for families and individuals to live. Uh, a lot of these properties are neglected; they um, they don't get the capital improvements that they need. So, you know. You know, we come in, we acquire the assets, uh, we're able to improve those assets um, and provide a quality home for our tenants and then also provide a quality investment for uh, ourselves as well as our investing partners. Um, how I, I guess, going back to how this all started, um, 
my family has been working in real estate for four generations now. And I, uh, you know, uh, as the, you know, I guess you call me a rebel. I tried to go into finance. Uh, and then I just was pulled back into real estate. I, it was just, uh, hard to ignore all the benefits of investing in real estate. So I started buying real estate, uh, as a principal, uh, with my own money, um, in 2016, I uh, started with a, um, uh, row home in Philly that I bought for $47,000, uh, that, uh, um, you know, had a, uh, a tenant for a thousand bucks a month for five, six years in a row. And it's been very consistent and, uh, did a bunch more of those single family homes, did a bunch of flips as well. Uh, and then I just realized that I needed that scale. I needed to be able to go higher and bigger, uh, than, than one unit at a time. If I wanted to, um, you really do this as a career. Uh, so then I started buying smaller multifamilies, uh, you know, 10, 20, 30 units at a time. And, uh, fast forward to today. Now, you know, we, we really focus on the hundred to 250 unit properties, uh, between 20 and a hundred million dollars. All right. And are you guys doing anything like, I see a lot of these new, I've, in fact, I've seen a, seen a bunch of ads. Well, I, I see nothing but the ads now that I've clicked on one of them uh, mm -hmm. of being able to invest in, um, in, in like being able to, to be part of like any, anybody can be involved. You don't have to be an accredited sure. investor. You can get involved with the investment project and the investment, the initial investments are anywhere from five to 35,000. There's apartment complexes, there's public storage units, there's commercial residential, et cetera. Do you guys do anything like that? I've seen a lot more of that starting to happen. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we, we primarily work with, um, you know, the investors that we work with are primarily small institutions and, and family offices. Uh, we do offer, um, you know, opportunities uh, down to say 50,000 for, you know, first time investors, but we typically don't play in more of the uh, crowdsourced uh, space. I think is uh, more of what you're describing when you could go down to yeah. 5,000 or 25,000. Uh, when we're doing a deal, we're typically raising between five and 15 million. Uh, and so it would just be a, it's a lot of conversations at $5,000 a pop. So uh, we, we just, <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, we had to increase our uh, definitely increase our minimums beyond that. Um, but um, but we do we do, we do work with high net worth individuals uh, and, and and family offices and, and small uh, small foundations. All right, so so break this down for me. So like I'm like I'm like I'm ten years old. Uh, sure. Sometimes I, sometimes I act ten years old. Um, <laughs> but um, <laughs> the man child comes out. No. Yeah. So so how, sure. how how's this all work? How how does it all yeah. how, how do all the pieces come together? Sure. Yeah. So I'll, I'll kind of weave that in with one of our most recent strategies, uh, which, which, uh, you know, we, we find to be somewhat unique in the market. Uh, so, you know, obviously, uh, you know, anyone who's listening to your show knows that real estate, uh, prices are out of control. Uh, this, they seem too high, at least for us, uh, they seem too high and that's no, that, that's not lost in the apartment market as well. So large apartments are trading for, you know, uh, very high multiples, uh, you know, or low cap, we, we value based on what is called the capitalization rate, but you know, for your equity investors, you know, basically high multiples. So very high multiples relative to earnings, relative to uh, revenue. Um, so in order to find uh, opportunities to, to buy assets at what we consider to be attractive prices, what we're doing right now is we're acquiring uh, condo buildings. So we'll go in and we'll simultaneously acquire every single condo in a condo building might be 150, 200 owners, and we'll simultaneously acquire every single unit uh, and close them all at the same day and turn that condo building into an apartment building. Uh, and run it as a uh, as a single purpose um, you know entity uh, with a single property manager and a single owner and there's uh, enormous economies of scale of doing that um, but basically uh, I guess what we do is we we 
just like you would for a home purchase. We go to that condo owner or to the condo board. We negotiate an offer uh, with the condo board. Usually that's then shared with the, the owners of the condos. They have then the right to vote uh, on that. And if enough people have vote to, to, to sell, then we go ahead and we complete that transaction. And, um, you know, and then what we do is we go in, we renovate all the units, we get them up to a, a standard. So they're uniform and they're, you know, a nice product that we can provide to the rental, you know, um, supply in the market. Uh, then we go ahead and we lease that property up and we, uh, you know, usually there's some financing involved and, you know, obviously we raise equity on the front end as well. And, and then once we've, we've gone ahead and added all that value to the property, increased the rents from, you know, putting amenities on site, improving the quality of the units by putting in quartz countertops and stainless steel appliances and nice, um, new vinyl plank flooring, uh, lighting packages, technology packages. We really try to bring this property to the level of what maybe a new construction property would, would offer. So far as amenities, we can't replicate, you know, the higher ceilings because we're typically buying older properties because we, again, we are focused on that affordable um, market. Uh, once we've we've done that, we've added all the value. There's typically some sort of a, a capital event that we do, some sort of liquidity that we provide to our investors. That's usually in the way of a refinancing. Uh, once we complete that refinancing, we typically are able to return some capital to investors. We, we target, you know, 50% or more of that initial investment goes back to that investor within three years and they keep their existing ownership percentage. So they don't get taken out of the deal. They stay in the deal and then they get to enjoy the cash flow along with us uh, for, you know, the foreseeable future. Our goal is to hold assets for the very long term. Uh, if we, if we, Bought, you know, so we usually spend about a year to get, you know, the, the, I spent five seconds talking about that, you know, buying all these condos simultaneously, but it is actually quite a complex process. And it takes us about a year to negotiate these deals, work individually with owners, you know, meet their specific needs, and then ultimately get this transaction closed. So it's a long process. It takes a lot of time and effort and, and, and money. And so once we have that deal, we look to hold that for the long term because we know it's going to perform really well for our investors and ourselves. Um, yeah. Did that answer? question. Absolutely. Yeah. And then some, that was a great answer. Uh, great. Thanks for that. So, um, you know, th th at some point in time, and this may very well still be a startup. I mean, th th this was, this brand was a startup and that's, that's no easy process at all. Sure. What, what would you say had, was some of the most, what was the most challenging part of the startup process? Oh gosh. Um, just one, just one thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Cause we'd be here all day. Yeah. 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 Okay. So the, uh, I'll go with the one thing, I guess, or one of the couple things that come to my mind first, um, you know, uh, in the beginning, um, you know, it's somewhat of a, it's a very capital intensive business as it relates to pursuing deals. Um, you know, there's, there's earnest money there's, uh, that you have to put down some, in some cases, especially in today's market, that, that money's non-refundable. So you do very clear about what type of deals you're buying because you might have to put six figures or even sometimes seven figures down day one before you've had a, a chance to really be on the property for a good amount of time. So um, that, that's just the competitiveness of the market today. Um, and uh, so I would say uh, certainly the, the working capital needs on the front end uh, when you're, uh, you know, starting out and then just the credibility. Uh, we, you know, you know, this business is a lot about relationships and generating relationships. I'm sure this is the case for a lot of different businesses, but certainly uh, the keys to the kingdom are held typically by brokers uh, who have relationships with owners uh, who then uh, sell the buildings or sell those complexes to the seller, uh, to, to us as, as buyers. And so, um, you know, definitely um, generating those relationships and, um, you know, 
uh, being true to your word uh, and, and making sure if you tell a broker something, you're going to perform on that. So I think those are the two biggest ones is really there's a there's a pretty significant amount of capital needed on the front end to deal with these, uh, especially these larger projects. Um, and then the second would be the, the relationships uh, with brokers and just having that credibility in the beginning is, is difficult. And, and really, it just comes from, you know, getting your cycles in and just you know, working uh, as much as you can to, to be as diligent as possible and, and, you know, be, to be honest and transparent with everyone you're working with, which I think is a, a fair, um, you know, fair lesson for everyone, not just in real estate. Yeah. There's a little bit of life, a little bit of business in general uh, t- tips there. So uh, to, to the opposite of that question, what was, what's been the best part of the, of the startup process besides money? The best part. Um, so uh, the best part, you know, for, for me, so I primarily work on the front end. So I've got a partner that, that handles the uh, business plan execution. So uh, I really like finding deals, putting them together and then getting them closed. And then, um, you know, then my partners take over and they are responsible for getting that business plan executed. Uh, so what I really like to do is, you know, act, you know, get that deal closed and then watch the progress of that, um, you know, asset as it moves from, you know, somewhat just of a distressed underperforming asset to a, you know, well-performing clean asset, you know, 18 to 36 months later. So it's really, you know, really amazing. And it's a testament to the people that I work with and my business partners, uh, how they're able to turn, um, you know, kind of the vision into reality. And I really love to see that. And obviously we're providing a clean, safe and, and quality a home for families. And so that's a really, uh, you know, impactful in my view and uh, makes me feel good about what I'm doing at the end of the day. I'm not just pushing papers uh, necessarily, but there is a real value in improving these assets. And I really like to see the transformation, um, especially since, uh, you know, uh, I'm on to the next deal, right? I get to, you know, do three, four, five, six deals. And then, you know, as that, um, you know, that, that deal comes to that 18 month, the 24 month mark, I get to do my site visits and I say, wow, it's amazing how this clubhouse looks, what the amenities look like, how the units are just amazing. I mean, in some cases, these units look better than my own, uh, you know, my own property, my own uh, house. And, uh, you know, a little jealous sometimes on how, how well these uh, properties look compared to, uh, you know, even the house I'm living in myself. Right. Well, it sounds like you're doing work that matters here where it's, you know, it's lucrative for your, for you and your business, but at the same time uh, you're helping people out and that's really what life's all about. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially, uh, you know, in the last few years, um, you know, obviously there's been a lot of hardship across uh, the world with what's been going on, but as it relates to real estate, you know, real estate prices are up tremendously. Um, And so there has been, uh, you know, I think uh, one lesson is uh, if you can, you know, buy real estate and hold it as long as you can uh, and don't sell it. uh, There's, I've never been, um, I never regretted anything I've held on to, but everything I've sold, I've regretted not holding longer. So, um, so I think that there's a lesson in there somewhere. I think uh, I'm not sure what it is, uh, but uh, <laughs> but I think it's you know hold on to a liquid assets, hold on to land because they're certainly not making any more. Yeah, absolutely. So, so speaking of that, now before we wrap things up here, what do you think is going to happen with this crazy market? Because I'm in Miami, so I mean, I'm in the sure. I'm in the midst of 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 the crazy. Some would even sure. blame us for for everything taking place. Like there, there's got to be a. I, I was I've I actually my mom came down visit my sister this morning, and we went for a walk and and the house across the street from my apartment building. It's just your typical Miami house, three bedroom, two bath, older house. Uh, you know, gate gate in the front, which is very common down. Down here, $895,000. There's no way, no how I would even consider doing something like that. But that's yet another reminder that this market is bananas right now. What, what's your opinion? 
Oh, well, um, you know, every, every, uh, geography is a bit of a different market, uh, and, uh, every price point and, and asset class within real estate is, is definitely different. So, you know, I was specifically speaking to the single family home market in Florida. Um, you know, we, we buy in the, in the Southeast as well, um, as well as the Midwest the United States. And, you know, the demographics in Florida particularly are just tremendous people moving there every single day to take advantage of the weather, to take advantage of the, the low tax taxes as well as maybe the um you know uh political environment there versus some other areas and so um you know i i don't see that slowing down uh you know it's sort of a generational thing uh you know this is a very long-term type of um slow moving you know ship if you will um so that being said you know with interest rates up you know, two points, you know, I think today I saw that uh, it was like a five and a quarter for a 30 year fixed uh, mortgage. Um, you know, that's going to put a damper, I think, on a lot of people. But, you know, the, the, the market recently has been seeing a lot of cash buyers. And so, you know, I'm not sure that higher interest rates is necessarily going to change uh, how fast these houses are moving off the market and, and where prices are, because a lot of people, it seems like, are not necessarily financing and they're, you know, taking, you know, some of the windfalls that they maybe made during the pandemic or, or, or what have you. Um, so to be honest, I think that the market's going to continue to be strong in some areas. Um, and uh, certainly, um, you know, for those marginal uh, buyers who, who can't quite, who are financing and, you know, they are relying on their income, uh, you know, it's going to be a tough haul for those folks who, you know, their payments, you know, just went up 40% or, or their prospective payments were going to go up 40% for that buyer who was going to buy last year versus the buyer who wants to buy this year. So I think there's going to be some struggles for those folks who, who want to get into the housing market. But I think for those who are in who, or uh, have a little more flexibility and being able to use cash or can afford um, maybe those higher uh, interest rates. Uh, I think they're, you know, um, I think they're going to be okay. So I'm not, I'm not expecting any sort of, you know, intense, crazy single family home crash. Um, but, uh, but I don't think you can expect or, or should expect, you know, 10, 20% uh, home price growth uh, going forward. I think you should expect that to moderate significantly and come back to the, you know, to come back to earth. Um, but not right. expecting a 2008, you know, Florida crisis where, you know, uh, you know half the homes are going to be foreclosed on or anything like that. Yeah, well, that's good news. I, I, I always like to say there's there's a correction coming, an sure. adjustment, if you will, uh, crashing, recession, all those. I, I just don't think that. I think we're we're, we're pretty strong, uh, you know, as a whole too. So it'll be interesting to see yeah. how it pans out. I just uh, I just want to make sure I don't pay double for a house. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I mean, to, to that point, you know, particularly in the market that I play in, which is in uh, more of the middle market commercial space, the 20 to $50 million uh, assets, we are seeing a repricing, uh, you know, because, you know, all of those transactions or most all of those transactions, there is some sort of financing in place. And obviously with financing costs having uh, moved up tremendously, uh, you're seeing, um, definitely you're seeing some deals reprice, uh, fall out of contract, things like that. But I don't necessarily view that. Again, I don't see that as a crash, you know, I I don't see you know prices going down forty percent, but there's no reason to to not expect prices for large multifamily or large other uh, types of financed real estate to go down 10, 20%. Um, but a lot of that's being made up by income growth. So even though prices are coming down, um, you know, a, a little bit, you're also seeing, you know, very strong uh, revenue growth for a lot of assets and a lot of um, places across the country. Uh, so some of this is going to be kind of made up by, um, you know, strong performance of the asset, even if rates are up, which affects your ability 
ability to, um, you know, buy new assets because the cost of capital is higher. So um, it's, it's a mixed bag. Absolutely. Well, dude, this has been a wealth of, uh, of information. I appreciate you taking some time out of your day to, to hang out with us here and share your little bit of your story and what you guys uh, are doing. We'll have to have back on the show at some time to, to, to get an update, but I just want to encourage you to keep up the great work, keep doing work that matters. Absolutely. Thanks. You know, appreciate uh, the time today. And uh, yeah, you got, you have a great rest of your day and uh, thanks. Uh, thanks to your audience for listening. You, you got it, Michael. Thanks again for being on the show. All right. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Until next time, friends. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Grit Daily Startup. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you consume podcasts. This way you'll get updates as new episodes become available. This podcast is brought to you by GritDaily.com, the premier startup news hub. More information at GritDaily.com. Once again, I'm your host, Sebastian Rusk. Until next time, friends. Connect with your potential customers wherever they are. Effective uses Comcast viewership data insights to combine advanced targeting capabilities with premium TV and streaming content so you can deliver the best ad experiences to your audience no matter how they watch. Visit EFFECTV.com.